This is the introductory podcast for Fanny.com, and uh, we've just finished up the first night of football action, and we're actually going to discuss really what we think are uh, the four games that uh, I guess were really most impressive. But joining me here inside the uh, sound booth at the Sandusky Register are sports writers Mark Hazelwood and Chris Gates, who were out in the field tonight. And um, guys, we're just going to go ahead and just kind of jump right into it. I think the biggest surprise of the day has to be the Bellevue and Perkins uh, game because I don't know who was expecting that to be that one-sided, but uh, it was, and that's really what it came down to. It was you were at the game last year, but from what you heard, I mean, just take take us what I mean, take us through it. I expected it to be that one-sided, the other way around. I'm not gonna lie. I I thought Bellevue would win by couple scores. When you return Curtis Watson, you're probably allowed to think that because the guy threw for, what, 2,800 yards and 27 touchdowns? Right, and I know it was a different defense from a year ago, but the performance he had against Perkins last year was really springboard for their season, and I just, when I heard it was 27, no, that was the first update I got. I, t- I sent you a text message that said Perkins 27 nothing. And I, and I didn't know what to think. <laughs> I, I just, I was stunned. I am. I will not I will admit I am eating some serious crow on that one because I I figured Bellevue by at least two scores. Here, you know, Bellevue defense was a question mark. I it think was. I think Perkins defense was also a little bit of a question mark because you really weren't sure with a year ago they couldn't get much of a pass rush, but tonight, you know, we weren't there to see it. I mean, the man to talk to on this is probably Bush Wagner, but, I mean, I was listening to it. I was watching it as best as I could and following. Um, but... Really, I think it comes down to the fact that Perkins was able to hold the ball, keep Bellevue's offense off right. the field. I mean, they almost had nearly double the amount of plays. Right. Um, and this is one of those instances, you know, for you, you know, young kids who are out there wanting to figure out how to, you know, maybe think about coaching. The best defense is, in fact, a good offense, and and that was very indicative tonight. Um, let's switch gears and really quick, and let's talk about Margaret Clearview. Chris was at that game, and this was a close game to start with, but. Clearview pulled away a lot like last year because I think Margaret had a 17-14 lead a year ago. Clearview comes out after halftime, makes the necessary halftime adjustment, judge, adjustments, having trouble speaking here already on the first night. What did you see that you know was the difference in the second game? Uh, you know, and I wasn't here last year. I uh, wasn't there to witness the game. But this year, uh, looking back and seeing what happened last year, it did kind of seem like the same sort of situation where they were you know, going into halftime pretty evenly matched. And uh, second half, it got away from them, most, most notably in the fourth quarter. Um, third and 20, giving up a 58-yard touchdown pass that mm. kind of sealed the deal for Clearview. Uh, you know, Coach Rock Farlow was not happy with the second half, but really they held their own until you know, midway through the third quarter kind of started to unravel. For them. What did Rock talk about afterwards, Stephen? What did, you, what did you discuss with him? What did he say? Rock, he was actually he was really, really disappointed. He said we played a great first half, and we just totally fell apart in the second half. He said he liked what his offense did in the first half, and you know how can you not Devin Jones' 80-yard uh, touchdown run on the second possession, uh, first play of yards. that second possession. Yep, 80 Kick yards. Kick off, uh, or... Yes, I know it was a punt into uh, the end zone, touchback, and uh, first play from scrimmage of that second possession. Was it a bootleg or? Uh, yeah, he he was going right, and uh, he saw a crease up the middle, cut left. Okay, this he is... had one guy to beat, and uh, he just flat out outran uh, Clearview safety. I've heard Rock talk about how special this kid is. A year ago was his first year under center, ever. Um, so really, I think that that maybe that's hopefully a precursor of really what is to come for this kid because he seems like he has a bright future. He's extremely athletic, and 
you know, I think that uh, you said that it seemed like they had a better performance compared to last year. Compared. I know you weren't here. Yeah. I saw it last year, but it seemed like they were. You know, I mean, a lot of the guys talked about, you know, even some of the players were mentioning how it was a little bit tighter, mm -hmm. that they were able to hang with it. But they gave up far fewer big plays this year than they did last year. They gave up a handful last year. Tonight, just the one that kind of was yeah. let it get away from him. Devin, at the end of the game, said, you know, I asked him about, you know, compare these first games uh, from the two years, and he said, we're smarter, we know more of what we're doing, we know how we fit into our system. So, you know, I think they're improving. Um, I think they can be a better team this year than they were last year. Norwalk Edison, Mark was there. Go. <laughs> well, there was a lot of hype around Edison this year. Probably the most they've ever There's a lot of hype had. around that school, yeah. And, you know, they, they came out and... You know, didn't really do a whole lot for the first two quarters. They're down 12-7 a half to a Norwalk team that, you know, didn't win a single game last year. There was a lot of off-season turmoil. And, you know, let's be honest, you're sitting there telling yourself, well, it's Edison doing it again. You know, they're, they're letting somebody hang around that maybe shouldn't. No offense to Norwalk, but, you know, that's the facts. It's, you look at it, it's like, how is why is this On team paper, down? It's probably how it should have. You know? how most people expect and, it to play out. you know, Second half, you have to give them credit. It was whether it was the Thomas Edison light bulb went on over their head or whatnot, but you know they absolutely just dominated the second half. There's no other way to put it. Norwalk was three and out with the first four possessions in the second half, and they scored their first four possessions in the second half conversely. Did did, uh, did Jim Hall, the Edison coach Jim Hall? I mean, did he even say what did he say about? He was upset. Was he was he was visibly, <laughs> he was visibly upset. Even after the win. Even after the win, you got, you got to like that from the coach. Go because he knows that you know last year that's what they did is they had to claw back just to win seven games, and that's what they're trying to get away from. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they know to be taken trying to, seriously, trying to assert themselves. They need to come out and do it early. That's what they're trying to get away from, and yet here we are, first game, they're doing it again. You look up, yeah, they won by two or three touchdowns, but this is a team that they've they've got to turn it on early. They they have to. There's no other way around it. If they want to be you know, taken serious by the public, you know, that's what they have to do. I do think they have the talent. They, they, they've clearly shown that, and they are a very good team on paper. It's just they, they, they got to hit that home run in the first or second inning, not in the bottom of the ninth. Okay. We're going to touch on the really, I guess what was maybe, I don't want to call it the least surprising game of the, of the night, but, you know, Huron just really coming out and, you know, they don't have any returning starters back, and still they managed to put together a 31-7 to win over Vermillion, and, you know, that that usually, that it's become a traditional home, a opening game for them. Um, they get this transfer kid, Dowdell, who just, go, you know, does fantastic things for them. Huron probably is going to wake up and not feel like it's missed a beat, despite the fact that they've got this all-new group. I mean, we haven't had a chance to talk too much and see a lot of Huron, because you know D'Angelo was out there covering that game. He did the football, he did the story for the preview. But I guess we'll just do open forum right here. Uh, Huron was picked fourth. It was one, it's, they had that question mark of like you know is this going to be a winning season or are they going to be 500? Can they compete for the title? Right now after the first game, what do we think right now? I think they had to win the way they did tonight, and they did. to let people know that yeah, you know we're still was, for real. Well, it was it, they had to let themselves know. More than anything, I think. I think you know. But with all the new kids to come out and score 31 points, was very important for them because traditionally Huron is—I don't want to use the term slow starter in terms of wins, 
But they seem to be a team that, like, offensively, they, they pick up steam traditionally as the season it's goes. Usually once they get into you the know, It's one of those deals where, you know, if you want to try and surprise a team, it's good to catch them early. Huron fits that. If you're ever going to catch Huron, you want to do it early in the year. Mm-hmm. Because when they hit their stride, you know, good luck. <laughs> and they, they had, I think they had the win convincingly tonight to, to erase some, if there was any doubts in-house, it was important that they win like that. You know, first game on the road, you put up 31 I mean, They're going to wake up and they're going to feel confident. They're right. going to feel very solid in their abilities. They're going to feel like Huron of the past 34 years. However many years. Yeah. Here's, okay, tonight, Oak Harbor, Port Clinton, both starting with wins. Oak Harbor, 14 nothing win over Springfield. A year ago, they lose to Springfield, 58-14. to Port Clinton beats Woodmore for the second straight year. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, Clyde is 0-1 because they come out and they drop a, 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 the opening game to a, what's become like a pretty, that's a, it's a tough Eastwood team. It is. And I think, well, and then Clyde comes in, they got, uh, what, Olmsted, they got Olmsted Falls, and right. then they've got Bellevue. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think they got Perkins <clears throat> in the opening game, and that's that's a pretty good look. They could Perkins be walking on eggshells, there, there's, there's no doubt about it. And really, you touch on... You know, Bellevue and Clyde both losing by double digits tonight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that week three game, you know, it that may, game becomes really important in is. terms of that playoff picture if they it, both want to get back there. Because they both know that their league schedule, no offense to their leagues, there's not a ton of secondary points to pick up because they're so much bigger than the mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Clyde was the favorite. Uh, I think they were unanimously voted. Uh, they in were. The, yeah, coaches in media poll, they were picked hands down to win. And still, we, when we get into the conference, it's sort of a different piece. And they've, they've won 14 straight games in the conference. They've won the last two crowns, but new quarterback. And, you know, I mean, I saw some highlights. He had some, you know. Division three, Region ago. 10 is is awesome. I didn't, it, it, it is awesome. And They had a couple teams from Division two drop down into that sure, Division three in that region. It's, it's going to be not, tougher. It's not out of the realm. You know, you, you hate to say this for anybody, but. It's not far fetched to sit here and say, "Hey, you know, the loser of Bellevue, Clyde, might, you know, even if they were to run the table, they could be, you know, not in the picture there at the end because I, you know, you look at the Clyde team two years ago, right? Had to get in as a six seed on the road. They were nine and one, and they won. They lost their opener. They won nine straight, and they had and and they ended up six. And they ended up as a six seed. That's true. So a year ago, they're nine and one. They're like a, you know, they host the first round playoff game, but. That's going to be that that week three game does take on an awful lot more importance for those two teams in terms of the playoff picture. Um, Chris has been really quiet here. I mean, he's, he's, he's I'm like, the new guy, man. He's you know? new. This is like his first. He's time. the rookie. Just, he's still learning. Western Pennsylvania, born and raised. 30, Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds on your first experience in Ohio high school football. Go. Oh well, it started with a lightning delay, so I mean you couldn't really <laughs> ask for anything better, right? Sitting in the press box and uh, no one's there because they all got chewed back to their cars. But no, it was good. I mean, you know, I I, I was looking forward to watching Jones because I know he's an athlete. Mm-hmm. Devin Jones is just a, a flat-out athlete, so watching him was nice. And it was a competitive game, which was something else I was hoping for, you know. But I gotta tell you, it, I'm from the Pittsburgh area, Western Pennsylvania, and uh, we hear a lot about Ohio high school football. And, uh, you know, the, the great rob- rivalries in this state. And uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, you know, just uh, seeing what all the hype is about. Interesting. So good stuff there. Um, touch up on a couple of other sports here. I got a few emails this week about just some kind of uh, good starts. I don't want to call them, you know, they're really got some eye-catching starts here. So, 
You know, Norwalk is off to a 2-0 start. They beat Perkins 9-0. This is the girls' team, by the way. We beating Perkins 9-0. And then they also beat Edison in the opener, I think, 5-0. They have yet to even allow a goal. So that's a good start for the defense. Lisa Poteski scoring five goals against Perkins. Caroline Blackwood adding four. And then this in the email from the uh, uh, from the head coach, uh, James Ignetzi. This is uh, his comments directly, okay? Uh, we genuinely wanted this game more than Perkins. I am extremely pleased and proud of my girls and the way they played. And their intensity for the game was high, and it showed in their ability to shut down everything defensively and find the open spaces on offense. So um, really... And, you know, the, the, they beat per, I think they beat Perkins, I want to say it was 6 nothing last year. The previous two games were ties, 2-2, uh, to two, and then 6-6 six to six was, a, was a tie in the 2006 season. Before that, Perkins had won two straight. So, you know, Norwalk, which in Division One I, I believe, was a, was a very high seed in that bracket over there, but got bounced in the first round, doesn't look like it's going to have much of a drop-off this year. It's starting to find its form under the first-year coach. Also... Here's another start. You know, Edison last year, I remember the last game of the season for them, they're playing Norwalk in the Division II sectional at Norwalk High School. This is the Edison boys. It was a 3-0 loss, but they had a pretty competitive game, and that's that's what a lot of people talked about. And the coach, Kelly Clemens, basically told me that night that they were gonna they were feeling like Edison was no longer going to be the doormat in the SBC. And so far, they're off to a 2-0 start. They get a 7-1 win here on Thursday. They get a win in the opener. Um, and they're looking like a pretty sharp team. A lot of other teams that you know have yet to even play their first game, but obviously, you know, Edison, two nothing. I, I wish I could I remember off the top of my head what their record was, but they might even be they're in far better shape than they were a year ago, and that's that's looking pretty good. What do we want to wrap up with here? What's what's the closing thought? Uh, got a big game coming up next week. We got a we we have a very big game coming up next week. We can find you know if we, Perkins you know probably is they need to be ready to talk about Sandusky because obviously they're and they're done. Bellevue's Bellevue's done and now we're on to the Sandusky week. Sandusky obviously playing a Saturday night. I don't even think I recall. No one can recall the last time they played in a Saturday. Probably the playoffs. And then um, St. Paul, St. Mary's. Uh, that uh, that is to, that is. That is Saturday night. That's tonight for us. Uh, that is tonight at Strobel Field. No, some, what am I talking about? It was at Strobel Field last year. That's at Don. That's at uh, Whitney Field <laughs> over in Norwalk. Mr. Hazelwood's going to that game, so that's not uh, that's not a bad thing for him because it's going to get him out of the office. Gaze, you and I are in the <laughs> office, stuck, um, probably watching. You know, you know what? We're probably going to watch the Indians lose again. Just I want to throw that out there. I'm going to get my I'm going to get my little Indians jab in because they're. They're the Indians. So, again, so this is the first podcast here for the August 30th. Thank you, and thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time.